0: And welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management and marketing professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Caligeris, Vice President of Marketing at Pragmatic Marketing, and your host for this episode. Today, we're joined by two of our premier instructors, Mark Stiving and Dave Daniels. So for our regular listeners of our podcast, you'll know Mark pretty well, right? He's a pricing expert and a frequent podcast guest and host. Uh, Dave Daniels has been with the company. He was actually my first instructor once I joined the company. And he is a launch expert. So we're thrilled to have them both on today. Hi, Dave. Hi, Mark.
1: Hey, good
2: morning. Good afternoon, whatever time it is. Hey, Rebecca and Dave. Good to talk to you.
0: Excellent. All right. So today we're going to talk about how rapid release environments or very agile environments can affect sort of the launch setup. I know in the old days when I worked at enterprise software and we were going to do a launch, it was like a a one-time line in the sand. You knew 18 months in advance and it was like this one big bang. And I think in today's environments, particularly in, in SaaS software where people are releasing constantly, that that can change a lot. So that is our conversation for today. And I think to start, we should start at the beginning, which is, How does launches and rapid release environments affect how we plan for the launches?
1: Great question. Mark, do you mind if I jump in first? (laughs) No worries, Dave. Go ahead. I'm (laughs) jumping in. Well, you know, we at Pragmatic Marketing, we get to talk to lots and lots of people. We teach a lot of of individuals. We work with lots of companies, and there's patterns that we get to see. And one of the common patterns that I've been able to uh, see over the years is that as rapid release becomes more and more either a norm in some organizations or it's a desired state to be in, um, what I hear from senior executives is, great, we're getting lots of stuff done quicker, but there's always a but that goes with it. But I'm getting complaints from customers that stuff is changing too quick and they can't keep up with it. And I'm getting complaints from the sales team that, hey, did you know that that new feature was in the product? I mean, you know, it's, it, it was actually two, three releases ago or even longer. I had no idea it was there. So uh, for some organizations in some markets, there's a little bit of, a, of a, uh, an absorption problem. It's too much too quick, I guess I'd say it. I, I can't believe I'd live long enough to actually hear that, too much too quick out of, uh, out of product. But, yes, in some cases we're there.
0: And I think that that's really hard when you do have rapid releases and, you, and, and I can, you know, we often say, oh, the sales guys, they didn't read the material, maybe they didn't catch up. But, but when you're doing new things constantly, it's really hard to separate what's meaningful from what's sort of noise in, in, in the sales process or even in the support process. So what can people do to kind of help them separate the items?
1: Well, uh, I'd like to go back to something else, though, and then I'll get to your question. Do you need to even do rapid release okay so let's let's separate those two and then let's talk about those organizations that do have rapid release and maybe some things that can do today um you know if i'm if i'm competing in an environment where i'm in a in a product category or market where there is rapid growth and you know the customers are jumping to the new shiny object i want to be the new shiny object so maybe one of my overall strategies is to get new releases out more quickly uh, and that way, you know, we'd always have, oh, yeah, we have that to check. We always have that too. check. And, and we're on top of it. But what if you're in a more mature market, more established, where changes aren't happening that quickly? Um, the expectation isn't going to be, you know, we need to do eight releases this year, or 10. Um, maybe for that particular product uh, in your portfolio, it isn't necessary to do it as frequently. Now. That said, Rebecca, your question is, all right, so what if we are doing it and um, and I am getting the complaints, what do we do about it? I said, well, I want to take the sales reps perspective here a little bit because I think they're the ones that take the brunt of all of this a lot of times. You know, I sent you an email, why didn't you read it? Or it's, oh, it's it's in the sales playbook, why didn't you look at it? I mean, a lot of sales reps have multiple products that they're trying to keep up with. It isn't one product. And maybe I, as a product manager, I just care about my one product. Maybe I've got 1,000 reps or 500 reps or 50 reps, and I can't believe that they're not reading emails that are going out about my new product. So for rapid release uh, environments, you have to be a lot more proactive about making sure customers are aware of what's going on And your your team, your sales team, your channel knows what's going on. If you're not doing it quickly enough or frequently enough uh, in terms of your communication and reminding them, it's more than just a tap on the shoulder. No, by the way, it's like, hey, we got this. It's coming. Hey, we got this. It's coming. Hey, it's here. Hey, it's out now. Hey, did you know it was out now? Hey, three weeks later, did you know it's out now? And you have to keep at it and at it and at it um, to make sure that the team's on top of it. Now, you're not going to win them all. Not everyone's going to be on top of it, uh, but many of them are going to go. Okay, great. Mark, what's your take on it?
2: So I, prior to prior to us doing this podcast, I was looking up rapid release and and everything, and and there's a common development methodology now they call continuous delivery, mm-hmm. and those are companies. Facebook's doing it, and I'm, and that's the company I always use when I talk about it in the launch class. But uh, Yahoo, Google, Amazon, even Wells Fargo, these guys are all doing continuous delivery. And as you start thinking about what does rapid release really mean, what does continuous delivery really mean, it, it almost by definition says we're talking about SaaS type companies. So these are those companies that can change something, and we don't really have any input on it because we're going to a website or a web page, and we get to see that. We as users get to see that. Um, and and so at least in that B two C space, I'm not sure that the salespeople are as critical in that space. But one of the things that we teach in class is that there's a huge difference between launch and release. Mm-hmm. And and if these companies what and I don't know if you have a B2B SaaS type company that you want to use as an example here. Uh, but with these companies, if they're doing these regular releases, continuous releases, essentially. It doesn't mean that we have to launch every single feature that we put out there. Um, Someday we can launch it. And I'll let I'll give you the thunder on that one. Go ahead. You're
1: absolutely right. And one of the things that we talk about in class is that a launch is a, uh, a campaign or a campaign is a series of connected activities designed to bring about an accelerated result. As Rebecca had mentioned in, in the day, in the environments where you have more of a predictable, I know it's going to launch 12 months out, six months out. There's a planning process that goes in there. However, just because development gets it done and releases it, doesn't mean you have to launch it. Uh, this happens all the time. There are companies that um, release new things to their products in SaaS environments, barely even mention it or talk about it. And then when the timing's right, they they do the promotional activities and light everybody up and say, hey, here, here's the, the new XYZ feature that just came out. So, uh, you know, uh, Mark. What Mark, what you're trying to say, I think, and very clearly, is that there's an important distinction between getting something done at a development team and deciding whether you're going to make a big
2: splash about it in the marketplace. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, one of the things that I constantly or often teach when I'm um, in the class is, hey, look, if you're in one of these continuous release environments. Or even if you're doing agile, where every two weeks or three weeks, you've got an iteration or a sprint. And and although we know it's releasable code, sometimes companies release it. Sometimes companies don't release it. Even in that frequency, it doesn't mean you have to launch at the end of every iteration. So we can release a product, we can put it out in the marketplace and then take a quarter's worth of these two or three week releases or even continuous releases, and say, now we're gonna go launch what we just did. We're gonna go tell the world what we did so we can get impact for it. And we can can influence usage and maybe even purchase behavior for new buyers.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like in in the interim, we can take care of maybe our existing customers and they can be delighted that we're introducing new things. Um, And then when the time's right, we can say, okay, now we're gonna put the energy behind trying to attract new customers uh, and growing our market share. So Rebecca, did you have a thought?
0: No, I mean, I, I think that makes sense that, that you, you can separate what you release to what you launch and communicate about and that you can look at your different audiences and, and kind of talk about it differently. There could be things that solved a really nice pain point for customers and so you let them know right away but really has nothing to do with what the sales team would talk to new customers about or new potentials about. Um, and so kind of, changing those messagings makes a a great deal of sense
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: the the only the only risk and and for some companies it's slight some a little bit more is when uh, the new things are released kind of stealthily to existing customers um, but they're not sandboxed they're available to anybody and uh the sales team, the channel gets an inbound call and says, oh, tell me about the new version that has feature X in it. And the sales rep goes, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll get right back with you. On one. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is there is the balance. And I think uh, it's one of the takeaways that that when I get the question I, I impart on people, one ask, is it, is it necessary in the environments you're competing in? If it is, then OK then deal with it. If it isn't, then maybe you don't have to worry about it so much. Um, and in those environments where you are putting out things at a steady pace, you know, a lot of times it, what's intermixed in there are uh, incremental um, things. I mean, any of us, I mean, I, I happen to be in the uh, Apple iOS um, ecosystem. I mean, we get updates all the time. There. I mean, this morning I looked at my phone and I checked, and, and I, I needed 84 updates. 84 updates? I didn't even know I had that many apps on my phone. So there's an example of rapid release. I get things done, I throw it out there. get things done, throw it out there. Um, the uh, In that environment, though, to reinforce what Mark said uh, earlier, there's no sales rep I'm dealing with. I'm not calling somebody up and saying, hey, pal, tell me about the, the new feature X. I, I either go into the App Store, or I go to that vendor's website. I take a look at what they've got. I make a decision. I buy it or I don't buy it. Um, in the in the big corporate environments, it's kind of tough to push out rapid releases because it can have so many implications on. And I'm I'm talking strictly B2B here now. Yep. Um, you know, there's huge implications on their business processes if they're in regulatory regulated environments. Um, you know, so it's not as simple as I do it or I don't do it. Some cases it, it might actually annoy our customers to the point where they go, you guys
2: drive me crazy. Okay. Can I give you an example of that? Yeah. I did my expense reports yesterday. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I just hit submit before I got on the call. And our expense report company just changed the entire interface. It's like, really, really?
1: So, I'm not going to name any names here, but I <laughs> say this. First of all, I haven't found a good expense reporting system anyway, especially not from the traveler's point of view. But I got to tell you this. I thought it was impossible to make the user interface worse. <laughs> I completely underestimated them. I'm I'm convinced that the, that the people who design these systems don't actually travel and they don't talk to people who do travel.
2: Very possible, very (laughs) possible. Let's bring this back to launch for a second if we can then. we've got this world of rapid release and and, and we're constantly putting out new things, whether it's an app or a SaaS type product, it seems to me like most of the launch effort on those is almost always gonna be towards current customers. And I think that's also where the confusion comes in, because the current customers are the ones who get it on a regular basis, and we're not out pushing it. The big launch that we want to do is probably targeted at somebody other than current customers.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. With yeah, because we're trying to accelerate, right? Either grow market share, introduce something, uh, crush a competitor, right? We're we're trying to do something, but only faster. Get more adoption, get more customers, more revenue, and do it quicker. That's the point of the launch anyway.
2: Okay. And and so if our if our launch managers in the audience are listening to this, here's what we just said, which should make, make a lot of sense. And that is that when you're doing when you're doing incremental innovations for your current customers, maybe we don't need a major launch. Maybe we do a small launch here and there. We tell people, hey, guess what we just did for you the last quarter? But once we've established that we're going to go after a new market segment, or so we're going to go after a new market or our competitors, customers, then suddenly we're putting things together so that we can go out and do a big launch, which is really what launches all. It's what we think of when we think about a big launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get more
1: faster. New market, new geography, uh, new market segment, um, uh, a new uh, add on to our portfolio. That is an enhancement that could attract new new buyers, uh, steal uh, customers from uh, competitors, um, you know, get them to swap over. Absolutely, yeah. it's it's all about the big push. All right, escaping yeah. the Earth's gravity. It takes a lot of energy to do
2: that. <laughs> and, and so, do you think in this world of um, rapid release? Is the people who own launch change? How, how does that look inside companies?
1: I mean, organizationally? Yes. At, at the risk of saying, do this, don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Best guess what you've seen. <laughs> looks more like this, looks less like that. Um, I, I haven't seen any organizational changes uh, from a, if you will, go to market standpoint. Um this this whole rapid release approach is definitely driven more from the engineering side of the house, uh, the development. Um I, I think what's happening though is the frustration that exists on the the go to market side of the house is that gosh they keep throwing so much stuff at me. They say, Launch this, launch that. And um so when I have these conversations, uh sidebars in in our classes, say at lunch or whatnot, I'll I'll tell them I said why do you have to launch everything? But, but it's done. I'm like, okay, just because it's done doesn't mean you have to launch it. Those are, right. those are two different decisions. One's a technical decision. One's a business decision. Um, sometimes they blend. I get it. Um, sometimes we launch things, and it's actually not done yet. I, I've had that experience. I know maybe probably many people listening probably had that same experience. Um, but take a deep breath, count to 10 and go, no, wait a minute. Maybe I do launches a couple times a year, but I release every couple of weeks. I'm okay with that. Just as long as it doesn't irritate our customers and confuse the channel. Yep. As long as you can, I mean, wait a minute. You're always going to irritate your customers at some point and you will always confuse the channel at some point. Cons- Let me add consistently to that that phrase. Or too much. Or too much. It's just, yeah. it's just too much.
2: Yeah. So Rebecca, out of curiosity, do we ever release things that we don't launch?
0: Absolutely. So we, you know, you guys know, right? You're developers for courses for the price course and the launch course. And, and we, we work really hard to keep our courses up to date um to add new concept to speak become relevant to update examples and and those aren't things that we're like you know we don't put up a big banner on our website that says like now in price the linkedin example right i mean like <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah like ooh, ooh ooh, we added three new slides right Let me tell you all about it
0: awesome new concept but sometimes there is something of course that that um becomes a bigger piece that we're changing the core sort of positioning because we've we've added a a brand new high level deliverable and then we would change uh, it would be more
2: um, yeah I accurate. certainly remember launching price with you and that was a big deal right we, we put in a ton of effort mm-hmm. you put in a ton of effort I just stood up in front of rooms
0: right you did nothing <laughs> nothing at all <laughs> no but we did we put a lot of effort in um, and it was more of a a, a traditional launch in a lot of extent, right? Because it, it was a brand new product. It was, um, we had a set date. It was a very much sort of a big bang launch. Uh, any, the changes and improvements we've made on your course since then are um, much more in this sense where you're, you're going, okay, how, does this change the core messaging? Do we need to let people know, is this valuable or is this just an, not just an improvement, but an improvement that is um, more under the hood, and launch. I know with Davis the same way.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's this way, right? If if we want to take a a market driven explanation of it, um, are we solving new problems? And if we are, um, are those new problems worthy enough for us to put some energy behind it and um, make a big promotional push?
0: To figure out which kind of item it is again, it's, it's market driven. Is it, it, but do you interview people about each one? Do you just use what you know about the audience? Is it what comes up in sales? Can we help our audience know is this, because sometimes you're all excited because it was technically cool or it fixed a big problem that we have. And so you may think it's something that the audience cares about perhaps more than they do. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, I come from a, I, I think among the instructor team, I might have some uniqueness in my background because I was a developer. Mm. I, used to, I used to write code and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of you work hard. You, you, you kind of really take a lot of pride in the work that you do when you say, hey, why aren't you talking about my thing? I've worked really hard on my thing. You don't, you're not saying anything about it. Uh, you should put that in there. Do you know we have a whole new infrastructure? We we, we rebuilt the architecture. I rebuilt the architecture. Are you kidding me? Um, Why aren't we talking about that? And so, yes, there are are many times when there's very, very, very hard effort that goes uh, into developing a new version of the product or a new release. But yet, from the buyer's point of view, the market's point of view, the amount of change... The, the impact to them, how it's going to make their life better is relatively small. And so that's when you got to say, do we really need to put a lot of energy behind promoting something that the market's going to perceive as going to as eh, you know, ah, so you made that change Whoopee. be how does that help me?
2: I agree, Dave. And I think that we almost as a guideline there are we gonna put this in a positioning document? Are we gonna talk about a problem oriented feature and say, here's here's something big we're doing for our marketplace. And if it isn't, then great, we had to do it. I get it, we put resources on it, but we don't need to spend a bunch of marketing and sales effort to try to tell the world we changed something if it doesn't really impact their life. I agree. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you all the way. It's like,
1: if it's not gonna be an oh wow, to to the market or your customers, um, then get it done. Do what you got to do to communicate to the constituencies, and you know let it escape the building. If yeah, I love that phrase. <laughs> if it's uh, if it's one of those things where you know we're we're going to have an impact on you because we're going to make a big change. Like some some new thing that's in the price class, or something new that's in the launch class, that is something that uh, the market would would really respond to. And we've done our res- uh, research and we figured that out. Then, by all means, let's 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 you know crank up the band and go on the road, man. Get it out there.
0: So, Mark, with the uh, with the we won't name which one it was, but with your um. Expense report app. Did they tell you they were changing the full interface or were you surprised?
2: I was completely surprised and I had to do one of the most complicated things I have to do in expense reports, which is splitting a expense and take part of it as personal and part of it as company. And I could never figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. So I just sent an email to our accounting department saying, I couldn't make this work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, to to build on what Mark was saying. Now, I noticed on the login screen, they kept saying, hey, we're really excited about it. the new Mm. interface, it's coming.
2: Oh, you read those. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, but it wasn't like, you know, a splash screen that came up that I had to acknowledge. It was just like in a little message area. Like, oh, yeah, this thing's coming. Oh, the only thing I did is they changed the font from black to red. So there was red font there. You missed that, Mark.
0: Oh, it's the red font is universal. Pay attention to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: streaming. Um, but uh, the, the problem that I ran into is the uh, it wouldn't allow me to put breakfast in on the day that I checked out of the hotel. Oh, well. So, if you check out today, it won't allow you to put any expenses in today. None. Zero. Right? So... Anyway, we're going to leak who the, this organization is, and I don't do that. So we're just, it's just going to happen, and we're venting because we just got expenses done, and, and everybody loves to do those.
0: Well, and, and you know, sometimes uh, a new interface is painful because it's new, and once you get it, it's infinitely better, right? right? And sometimes it was just no good.
1: <laughs> I will say this. Uh, on the positive, it didn't crash on me. Nice. That, that, right? It didn't crash. So
2: I'm so, good there. So, so to be fair, the old interface really wasn't good. It's just a matter of we all struggled with learning how to use it. We all know how to use it now. And then they changed it. I, I would guess for a new user, the new interface is probably better. And they broke a bunch of things. And now they have to figure out what they broke and how, they have to, how they're going to fix it. But this was a major release. This isn't a a rapid release where, gee, we're going to do a new update. And this is where I'm hoping they do rapid releases
1: so right, that they can right.
2: fix these problems really quickly for us. Right. Correct.
1: Correct. So I'm I'm seeing like every every week or two. Yeah, because for, for us, it's painful. So we're going to want to see them fix those things and put those things back um, so that we can get that done. Or what it's going to do is it's going to impact our operations. So now our finance department is going to have to change the way that they do things. In order to accommodate the things that we do that we got used to, like yep. as you mentioned, Mark, and which is going to slow them down. And so it's, it's interesting. All, all, it's all good and fun.
0: So what could they have done differently? Right, what, and let's just use this, not them personally, but let's just use it as right. a case study. What would, be a, a, what would you tell these clients to do differently?
2: <laughs> Mark, you go first, then I'll follow. This sounds like a migration launch that we're about to go do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So migration launch, oftentimes we say that it's a major launch. It's going to cost the company a ton of money. But in a way, this was a major launch. It doesn't cost us a ton of money, but it does force people to completely change the way they behave. And they could have done this by looking at what features different users use and saying, oh, we're going to limit this to the set of people that we know is going to make this work. And so we get them in first and we get feedback and we tweak it. And then we find people that are using the split function feature, which I, I'm guessing most people don't use that. The hotel thing didn't work that well. And, right, and And so they could slowly start adding new users who are using specific features.
0: All right. Oh, Darren looks like we're having some technical difficulties, Mark. And Dave has dropped from the call. So we're... Oh, no. I know. All right. Well, you know, that's OK. We were kind of getting close to wrapping up. Before we go, though, we've talked about a lot of different things, and Dave brought up a lot of good points. If you were to pick two things that you guys wanted people to do differently tomorrow based on what we talked about today, what would that be?
2: Well, without a doubt, the single biggest thing is clearly delineate the concept of launch versus release. I find it so fun because oftentimes when I'm teaching this class, People have this big aha. It's like, oh, we don't have to launch when we release. Wow. And, and so that's a really big deal for them. And I think the other one is when they step back and start thinking about who they're launching to, it's going to make this this launch versus release even easier because they're releasing most of the time on these SaaS products or rapid release products. We are releasing to our current customers and most of the time when we do a launch we're trying to launch so that we can grow the business we can win new customers and so that's going to be towards a different audience and our launch efforts our launch launch approaches will be targeted at one of those and that'll help delineate this launch versus release issue as well
0: excellent all right anything else you want to add
2: well i'm sorry dave couldn't help wrap up but besides that it was a it was a good uh, conversation
0: it was great and i i am certainly i'm sure dave had other great things to say but maybe he'll join us another time or maybe something will sneak out in his blog Uh, and you can check out his blog at launchclinic.com you can check out mark's blog at productpricing.com but thank you mark and thank you dave thanks for joining us and don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product your company and your career